Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com. Happy Easter. So good to see everybody. So good to see everybody. We are so glad you're here this morning. So glad you chose Living Hope. And, and uh, I'm Jeff Myers. I'm the senior pastor here. And uh, just love it. I, I got to tell you, this is like uh, Christmas morning for a pastor. I, I love, I love, love, love Easter. You guys know that. And uh, it's just such a good time. So glad you're here. Um, let's dive into this. We're starting a brand new series this week uh, called LHC DNA. LHC DNA. Let me take this out of my pocket real fast. Um, and um, what we're going to be talking about is, like the slide says, there's a reason our church is the way that it is. And uh, we're going to be talking about that. What it is that, that sets LHC apart from, from other churches, not that we're any better than any other church, although we are. And uh, no, I'm just teasing. That's a, that's a total joke. That's a total joke. I love all churches and, uh, and we are, you'll find out if you're around here very long, we, we support uh, all churches and, and wish um, great things for all of them. Um, but there is, this is, this is just the fact of the matter, Okay. Not that any church is any better than any other, that sort of thing, but this is the truth. Every church has its own flavor, amen? Every church has its own flavor, and LHC definitely has its own distinctive flavor. And, uh, and we're going to look at, uh, at, you know, over the next uh, five weeks, uh, what it is that, that sets us apart and, uh, and who we are as a church. So when it comes to that whole kind of, you know, what it is that is that one that God has built into our DNA um, as a body of believers... Um, it, it's, it's really important, I think, for, for us to know. Because, there, can we just be honest, too, about this fact? Not every church is for everybody, right? You all have been to one church or another that maybe you felt like, eh, that one's not really for me. Good church, I'm sure it meets somebody else's needs, but that one's not really for me. And, and you may be feeling that right here, right now, this morning. Uh, and that's totally okay, because God, the reason we have ch- uh, different churches is because God knows we're all different people. We all have different different tastes, and we're all going to connect on different levels and, and that sort of thing. And so, so it's very important. So let me start with, with just this, this one fact, what the mission of our church is. The mission of our church, and it says right there in your, in your bulletin if you want to follow along in your notes, the mission of Living Hope Church is to glorify God and to bring hope to people who have none. To glorify God and to bring hope to people who have none. And the reason this is so important to us, and let me, let me just, if I could just sum it up into a few words, and, and this is really appropriate for what, for what today is and this holiday, it's this right here. We at Living Hope, we are all about Jesus. We are all about Jesus. And I mean all. I mean 100% about Jesus. We love Jesus here. Amen? Amen. We love, come on, let's, let's do this. We love Jesus here, and it is so important for us to be a church that's all about Jesus. When we talk about Jesus, and, and you know, some of you maybe have been invited to church here this morning, you know, for Easter services, and you're like, what is the big deal about Easter anyway? Easter is such a big deal because that's the day that we set aside to celebrate the fact that Jesus not only lived, was born and lived a life that was meaningful and taught great lessons that were meaningful and life-changing and everything. He not only died for our sins so that we could have a relationship with God, he not only did that, but he also, three days later, rose again from the dead, and he sits at, at, at the right hand of God on high right now, and one day will return for us in glory, and that is worth getting excited about. That is worth us getting excited about, and at Living Hope, we are all about Jesus. We believe this book, the Bible, is all about 
Jesus. And you can say, well, I, I know the New Testament's about Jesus, but the Old Testament, that's kind of a Jewish document, and it's, it's not so much about Jesus. Wrong. It is all about Jesus. Every single bit of it points to Jesus Christ. Every single bit of it. It is all pointing to Jesus, and we're all about Jesus here. Jesus is a big deal to us. We love Jesus. And so if you have a hard time with the fact that we're a body of, of people who love Jesus, then you're going to be a little uncomfortable here. You're going to be a little uncomfortable here. But this is one of the things I love about Jesus. Jesus has this really unique way of at the same time disturbing our lives and making us uncomfortable. There's no more comfortable place to be than in the arms of Jesus. There's no more comfortable, there's no more peaceful place to be than in Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean it's always going to be easy? Does that always mean that things are going to go smooth? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. The Bible's full of references of how this Christian life can be definitely tough, and you're going to go through some junk that you wish you wouldn't go through, but Jesus is there with us, and there's just some sort of peace. The Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding, that dwells on the life of the believer who is resting in Jesus Christ, and it is amazing. We're all about Jesus. And so when we say we're all about glorifying God, that means everything we do is to the glory of God. Everything is for him. Everything is for him. When, when, when we get together and we worship, and I let, did anybody enjoy worship this morning? It was, it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. We are so blessed as a church. God has blessed us so much as a church with, with such incredible uh, musical talent and just creative thinking and, and that sort of thing. And, and I, I, I'm just blown away that we get to worship at the level that we get to worship every single week. It is such an incredible blessing, but we don't do that for ourselves to make ourselves look great. Now, you may have noticed some scarves up here this morning. That was kind of an inside joke that probably should have been explained. Last week in the second service, I made some sort of crack about how I, one of my pet peeves is worship leaders in skinny jeans and scarves, and so they all busted out their scarves this week. Thank you guys very much for that. I appreciate that. But um, anyway, so, um, but no, we're, we're, it's, not, it's not about us. It's, I'm going to tell you something. It's not even about you. It's not even about you. We would have done this if nobody would have showed up this morning, right? Because we have, we, our audience is not you guys. Our audience is one, and his name is Jesus Christ. We do this all for God. We do this all to glorify him. Every way we serve, everything we do to, in terms of following Christ, it's all to glorify him. God, and to bring hope to people who need it, to bring hope to people who need it. That's our mission. Love God and love people. That's our mission. Now, that is not necessarily what sets us apart from other churches. Every other church, pretty much in the entire world, has a similar mission. We're going to love on God, we're going to love on people. Every single church in the world. Now, what we're going to dig into now and for the next several weeks is what we call our core values. There are certain statements that we have set aside and and uh, your, your leadership of this church has gotten together, and we've, we've kind of, uh, we, we've been to some conferences, and we've had some meetings personally, and rolling over these statements, and trying to hone this down to a handful of statements that really kind of defines who we are, and what our flavor is as a church, and what our kind of DNA makeup is as a church. And so we're going to spend the next uh, several weeks going over this state, the, these statements. But uh, before we hit the first statement, I want to I hit some scripture. So turn with me, if you will, to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> so, Ephesians chapter 1. Start with verse 16. All right, this is so good. I, this is one of those passages that is so good that I, I probably won't be able to finish it all. I'll have to stop in the middle and preach some of it. 
So, and honestly, I, I was kind of, as I was looking through it this week, um, it's one of the, th- these eight verses that we're going to read this morning, I could literally do an entire series just on these, these eight verses. It, there's so much good stuff in these verses, but I'm just going to pull out a few of the points and, and we're going to uh, hit, because it, it's, it's good stuff, it's important, okay? So here we go. Verse 16 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. Paul is saying, saying this. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation, say it with me, these next few words, in the knowledge of him. Say it again, in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ. Now, let me stop right there for just a second. That he has given us all of this so that we can grow closer in the knowledge of him. Now, we're going to, read, we're going to keep reading in just a second where he talks about the other things that he has given us. But I want to stop right there. Make no mistake about it. You, we are servants of a God who chases you, who desires for you to know him, who desires for you to know him. Not just come to church and hear about him, not just be you know, interested in him occasionally, but you, we, we have a God of this universe who literally chases after us because he wants to be in relationship with us so much. He chases after us so much that he not only puts people in our lives who will invite us to church and, 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 and bug us about you know, Christian stuff, not only does he do that, he not, but 2,000 years ago he sent his only son to die for us on the cross and be raised three days later so that we could live in a relationship with you serve a God. We have a God in this universe who literally chases us. C.S. Lewis, the guy who wrote uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and the Narnia books and a bunch of other great stuff, said this. He called God the hound of heaven. The hound of heaven. He just is, he's not going to leave you alone. Yeah, but you're thinking, yeah, I'm not sure that God is chasing me. No, I'm not sure that's really going on in my life. That may be true for some. I'm just going to say this. If he's not chasing you, then why are you here this morning? Why are you here? You think that's some sort of accident? You think it's some sort of accident? Some of you may be here because somebody tricked you. They told you they were going to take you to breakfast, and they, then they brought you to the snack table out here, and, uh, and that, was, that was a dirty trick, but uh, we're, we still approve of it. And, um, but, no, no, I mean, whatever that is, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not an accident that you're here. God is chasing you. He's absolutely chasing you. He wants and desires for you to be in relationship with him. i, I got to keep reading this because um, I'm going to get carried away. Okay, so here we go. We, uh, uh, that he worked in Christ Jesus, verse 20, that he worked in Christ Jesus uh, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Now, these next two verses are amazing. Okay, so here we go. Listen to this. And he put all things under his feet. God put all things, everybody say all things. He put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him 
as head over what? All things. As gave him his head over all things to the church. Let me stop right there. This is so good, okay? God gave all things, gave Jesus um, authority over all things. And he gave him to the church. You got that? God put Jesus in authority over everything, over every power, over every authority, over every government. He's not only uh, um, uh, over all of those things, he's over all the junk in your life. He's over your nasty mother-in-law. He's over your dumb brother-in-law who's constantly trying to sell you Amway. He's over, I mean, he's over everything, everything in this world. Everything that you'll ever experience, every debt, every relationship issue. Jesus has authority over it all. And he, God gave him to us to lead us. Now, you can't, you can't, this is, I can't overemphasize this point because that is such an amazing point. Our leader, Jesus Christ, holds everything, all things, in submission to himself. Do you know what that means for us? If the guy that we serve is in charge and, and has authority over everything, that's like crazy good news for us. Like, really, really good news for us. When I was in the Army, I uh, was a chaplain assistant. And uh, if you're not familiar with that structure, uh, in the Army, they have chaplains who are um, responsible for the spiritual well-being of of, uh, the soldiers. And and, uh, they're, you know, basically pastors in the military. And uh, and each one is given an assistant. So I was an assistant to a chaplain. And uh, and so when I first entered in in the Army, I was a private, you know, just a, a, uh, you know, second kind of grade uh, private, and, um, but my chaplain was a major. Now, if you've been in the if in military or been around military people at, at all, uh, major, is that's a pretty good one. That's it's kind of middle of the road, officer, uh, you know, not as lowly as a lieutenant, not as high as a general, but, it, but still, a major has some serious authority, right? And there's not, you know, in our, my particular unit, there were only a couple of majors, and then the, and then the uh, commander of our unit was a full bird colonel. And so the chaplain that I worked for in the hierarchy of our our unit of 3,000 soldiers or or 2,000 soldiers, however many it was, uh, was one of the highest ranking people in the entire unit. And I remember one time (coughs) the chaplain told me, I need you to go to this particular office and, and, uh, you know, take care of some business for me. And so I went to this particular office to take care of the business. And as soon as I got in there, they see the rank on my collar, which is just one single little pathetic little stripe. I'm a private. And, and, uh, and they just start giving me a hard time. They're making me jump through hoops. They are all this kind of stuff. I can't get anything that my chaplain, my, my major chaplain wanted me to get done because they were not respecting my rank at all. In fact, they were going to make it impossible for me to get this thing done. So I went back, uh, you know, just kind of defeated. I remember this day, I was just like, oh, now I got to go talk to the chaplain and tell him I couldn't get this thing done, that he asked me to get done. And I get there to the office and I tell him, you know, I tried and this is what I said and this is what I did and this is what, the way they responded. And they were just making everything difficult. And, you know, I'll, I'll try again in a little bit later, see if I can talk to somebody else. And uh, my chaplain, being the, the godly man that he was, uh, got fiery angry. I mean, fiery angry. Chaplain Sullivan, he actually married Jamie and I, and, and uh, 
such a great guy. I had such a good time working with him. But, but this guy uh, was just extremely angry that he sent me to this office to take care of business, and I was mistreated. So we both got in the car, went back to this office, and uh, he got up in some sergeant's face and basically just said, uh, do you see this rank on my, my and, and by the way, the chaplain I served never pulled rank, but today he was going to pull rank. And he said, do you see this rank on my collar? And he was like, yes, sir. And, and he said, that, that, that's, that's, that's a major. I'm a major. You're a sergeant. I'm a major. He said, when Private Myers comes to talk to you about uh, business for me, he doesn't come to you as a private. He comes to you as a major. And I expect you to treat him like a major because he's doing my business. He's not doing his own business. He's doing my business. And I'm going to tell you, my relationship with that office was wholly different from that point on. Wholly different. I got things done, and it was a beautiful thing, right? Now, here's the thing. When we go out under our own power, under our own authority, there's a limited amount of things that we can do. But you serve and serve under the God of the universe who holds all things under authority to himself. Who holds all things. And so when you go out of your own power, you may be able to accomplish a little bit, but when you go out under the power of God, there's nothing you can't accomplish. Nothing. Whatever God has called you to, he'll complete it in you. Whatever God has, has asked you to do and put on your heart and given you a burden to accomplish, he will provide a way to make it happen. He will clear the path. I've been absolutely, I, I, there's some stuff going on in our church that, that uh, so hopefully someday soon I'm going to share with you guys that is kind of going on behind the scenes that, that, uh, that I'm just going to tell you, God is clearing some paths for us right now. God is seriously clearing some paths for us right now that, that I am so excited about. And, but it's because I'm not going out here under my own authority it's because God's going ahead of me. God's going ahead of me. Now, look at this last phrase in this verse. Look up here. Um, uh, he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. That's us, which is his body. We're his body, the fullness of him. Do you guys realize that we as the church are the fullness of Jesus Christ? That if the world is going to see Jesus Christ, it's gonna, they're going to see him in and through us. We are the fullness of him. Now look at this. This last phrase is epic. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Who fills all in all. What that means is this. That Jesus alone has the power to fill every need in your life. Every need. Jesus alone, when we talk about the sufficiency of Jesus Christ, when we talk about how Jesus is sufficient for all of our needs, he alone is the only one that can be. He fills all, all of us. He fills everything that we need. He fills all in all. That's amazing. Some of you have been kind of on the uh, you know, uh, fringe, kind of worrying, you know, wondering if you should get into a relationship with Jesus, if you should kind of do the whole religion thing. Uh, you know, what's that going to look like? Am I ready for that? Am I good enough? Am I clean enough? Am I, 
you know, I got my life figured out enough to be a religious person. I, I don't even really like religious people. I think they're a bunch of hypocrites. How's that going to work? And you're, you're just, you've just been doing this whole thing. I'm not even really sure if I believe. Uh, you know, I've still got some questions that haven't been answered. And I, I don't want to look, look foolish if I say I believe. And I mean, you're, you're just kind of, you know, trying to think through all this and try to figure out where and who you are and who God is. And the whole time, he's chasing after you. He's chasing after you. This is our first value, our first core value. Put that one up there. It says this. We will pursue an intimate relationship with God because he pursues us. We will pursue an intimate relationship with God because he pursues us. You may have noticed a little asterisk. When we're talking about relationship, we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about religion. We're not inviting you into religion. Some of you have been Christians for years and years and years, and so far all you have ever experienced is religion. And you have yet to enter into a real and true, authentic, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't get up out of the grave three days after being killed, after being murdered, just to give you religion. He did it because he loves you and he wants a relationship don't make a mistake about this. There is a huge distinction between religion and relationship. Religion is only going to get you so far. Religion will make you a nice person, but a relationship will make you new. Religion will make you a nice person, but a relationship will make you new. Religion will make you a decent person, a disciplined person, but a relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll be able to walk in power you never even knew was available to you. Relationship is something totally different. Now, I don't have, um, you know, I, I know there are some people who get married, you know, people get married for different reasons. Uh, I got married to my wife because um, she couldn't live without me. And, um, and I couldn't live without her, right? I, I got married to my wife because I loved her deeply. I mean, I loved her deeply. Uh, we, you've heard me tell the story of, you know, we dated in college for two and a half years or so. We broke up for another couple of years, and then we got back together and, and uh, you know, got married after about a year. And, um, and so we went through this whole thing of, of falling in love with each other and just, just being absolutely crazy about each other, then spending a really good extended period of time apart. Uh, because we just didn't think, you know, we weren't ready or we, things weren't really working out the way we wanted to work out or whatever the situation was. And in that time apart, we looked at each of us individually, looked for person after person after person who could possibly be the one, who could possibly be the one. And Jamie will tell you this, and I'll tell you this, every person that we dated, every person that we considered a relationship with, we held each other up as the standard to which to measure everyone else by. If I could not find somebody who was going to meet my needs and make me feel about a relationship the way Jamie did, then they passed the test, or they flunked the test. We held each other up as the standard. Why? Because we knew what real and true love felt like, and we weren't going to settle for anything less. We didn't want, now some people get married, you know, because it's a, a, a good arrangement. I don't understand marrying for an arrangement. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right? Like, it just seems like good business sense to marry this person. <laughs> what, does, what does that even mean? 
What does that even mean? I can tell you it was not good business sense for Jamie to marry me. Um, it was good. I, 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 I'm, I'm good off with her, but it was not good business sense for her to marry me. But I'm going to tell you what, we, we, it may not be the best arrangement, business-wise speaking, but I'm going to tell you, what we have relationship-wise, it can't be beat. It can't be beat. We have this beautiful, beautiful relationship. And Jesus Christ, he's not looking for some sort of arrangement with you. He's not looking for you to become a cleaner person. He's not looking for you to become a more religious person. He's not looking for you to tick off a bunch of boxes of, of do's and don'ts. What he wants is an authentic relationship with you. One of the things I love about my wife so much is she honestly doesn't. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of people joke about, you know, their nagging wives and, and uh, you know, whatever. Wives are just trying to change their husbands. And some of you husbands are maybe here because your wife dragged you to church or what. I don't know what the case is. But, but for me, for me personally, my relationship with Jamie She's not set about set out to change me. I mean, she has you know on a few little things, and and uh, and I. But here's the, here's the thing though, I, I change, and meet her where she I need to meet her, not because she's nagging me about it. I change and do those things because of how much I love her. If it's important to her, it's important to me. If if, if it's something that is going to help us grow closer to each other, then I want to make that change. I want to make whatever adjustments I can that are going to bring us closer together. And it's the same thing with that relationship with Jesus. Don't, don't make any mistake about it. You enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, some things in your life are going to change. But not because God is this, you know, uh, cosmic killjoy that's kind of looming over us, kind of squishing us when we do wrong and zapping us. And, you know, things, by the way, great lightning show last night. That was amazing. Um, that was super cool. Um, and I, I felt like I was back in Oklahoma. Uh, but just not because God is that kind of God, some sort of puppet master pulling our strings. and That's not who God is. Because, but because he loves us so much, but because he is over authority in all things and, and, and he is available to us as our leader, as the one we choose to follow, because he is as amazing as he is, he's going to make himself available to us in such a way. He's going to provide the way for us to live in a relationship, a meaningful, authentic, intimate relationship with him. And when we get into that relationship, you're going to fall in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with someone, you'll make changes for him. You'll make changes for him. And it doesn't feel like a hard thing. It doesn't feel like you're being put out. You do it because you love him do it because you love them. And so has my life changed over the years because of my relationship with Jesus Christ? You better believe it has. And is it going to change even more? You better believe it will. And yours will too. Why? Because I'm in love with Jesus Christ. You may think, well, that's kind of a weird thing for a dude to say. It's not. Can I tell you that it's not at all. This is what happens. When you get into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're just going to keep... Does anybody here love Jesus? Anybody? Like, like really love Jesus. Now, here, here's the thing. Let me, let me ask this. Like, we're an honest church. So that's, one of our, that's one of the things we'll get into it in, a, in a week or so. We're an honest, kind of authentic, you know, uh, church. What you see is what you get. We're not putting on faces. We're not putting on masks. We're, 
This is who we are, right? And so we don't mind being honest with each other at Living Hope Church. We don't mind coming in here and saying, I'm having some doubts right now and, and having people kind of help us through those. But we don't mind coming in here and letting people know I've had a horrible week. We can be honest with each other. And for some of us, you'll raise your hand and you'll say, I love Jesus and I'm loving him more every day. And there'll be some of you that could raise your hand right now and say, I, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a fan of Jesus. I'm, I don't know that I love him yet. I don't know that I'm, my, my relationship with him is really growing. I'm kind of in there. I, I'm aware of him. I like him. I'm, all, I'm into that, but I don't know if I'm growing. And that's my question for you this morning. That's my question I want you to ask yourself this morning. Is your relationship with Jesus Christ growing? Is it growing? Is it growing? I've got four kids, 16, uh, 14, 5, and two. I had to think about it really hard. <laughs> 16, 14, 5, and 2. All right? So I, I got a pretty wide age range of kids. And, um, and you're like, wow, you kind of started all over, didn't you? And yes, we did, uh, because our other kids turned into teenagers, and that was just no fun anymore. And so we, need, <laughs> we, need, we, needed, we needed some new ones to have fun with. And so... Um, <laughs> So anyway, so we got, these, we got these younger ones. And I'm going to tell you, I tell people this all the time, the difference between being a young parent and being an older parent, I've been both now. And uh, when we were young parents, when Molly and Isaiah were little, uh, man, I was so crazy about them. I still am crazy about them. Uh, but um, but the, when we were young parents, this is the thing. Everything was brand new. Everything was exciting. Like, like you were looking to the first of everything. The first time they crawled, the first time they rolled over, the first time they scooted around, the first time they walked. And, and it's like they could not grow up fast enough because, as, because parents do this weird, sick little thing where they compare their kids to other kids. And, oh, my kid has four teeth. And yours only, does yours have any teeth at all? Well, there's something must be wrong with him. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, your kid's just scooting around and mine's walking and whatever. And, and, and it's this comparison thing. And, and they pretend like they're not. But, you know, you are. You're horrible people. And, uh, and so they do that whole comparison thing. And, and, and with Molly and Isaiah, it was like that, man. They could not grow up fast enough. With the other two, with Isla and Meadow, um, we can't put the brakes on them growing quick enough. Like, we just want, I want so badly for them to just stay little and cute. Like, Meadow's just now entering into that. To me, the perfect age is three. Anybody, anybody else a fan of three-year-olds? The perfect age is three, and Meadow's just entering into that, you know, kind of come approaching that three-year age. She's just getting super cute and saying, this, you know, just the cutest things, and she's just loving, and she, we can do no wrong in her eyes, and, and she's, just, she's just amazing that way, and, and, uh, but I, I just want to freeze time. I just want to freeze time, right? But this is what I know, and this is what every, every parent knows is that, one, we can't do that. And two, if we really got that wish, we would totally regret getting that wish. Because the thing that we all know and that every doctor in the world will tell you is if you're not growing, you're dying. And I definitely don't want that for my kids. If you're not growing, you're dying. So when I ask you to ask yourself this question this morning, are you growing in your relationship with Christ? Let me just tell you right now, if the answer to that is no, then you spiritually are dying today. You're dying. You need Jesus. You need to grow closer to him. And it's our prayer as a church 
for every one of our church people and all of our guests and this whole community that we're all growing closer to Christ because we want to see vibrant, living relationships, intimate relationships with Jesus Christ. That's what we want to see. We want to see that in you this morning. Would you bow your heads with me right now? I just, right now, with nobody looking around, um, just, just, you know, heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to kind of get inside yourself for just a second. Just kind of get inside yourself and kind of take some personal inventory of your life right now and just answer this question right now in the quiet of this room. Is my relationship with Christ growing right now? Can I honestly say that I am growing closer to Jesus right now? And if you are, if the answer to that is yes, I just want to challenge you to continue that on that path, dig in a little bit deeper. If the answer to that is no, I want to challenge you to change that this morning. I want to challenge you to make a decision this morning that I'm going to do whatever it takes to increase in this relationship with Jesus Christ, to grow this relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to submit to him. I'm going to get rid of some things in my life maybe that are holding me back from a better relationship with him. I'm going to, I'm just going to live a more committed life to him. Whether you've made that decision in the past or not, it doesn't matter. This point, this day is a brand new day. Make it brand new today. From today, I want to be growing closer to him. I want to be growing closer to him. He is absolutely amazing. This is not about religion. It's not about that. It's about a relationship that, God, that you are literally being chased into right now. Chased into. Father God, we love you. And we recognize that you are in authority uh, uh, over all things. God, that you have given us your son, Jesus Christ, as our leader, and he holds a higher rank than anything, anybody in this universe, God, that because all things are submitted to him, that God, when we walk in his power and we do his will, all things are submitted to us as well. And we thank you and we praise you for that. So God, right now, if there's anybody in this room that is um, being tempted away from a relationship with you, God, that is not growing in their faith or or is not even starting that journey of faith with you, God, and whatever excuses they're holding up as to why it's not going to work or why they're not ready, God, I pray that you would put those excuses under your authority, God, that you would uh, just destroy those excuses, God. God, I pray right now for whoever's in the room that just needs to be in a a, a closer relationship with you, God, that they would make that decision right now, right now in this very moment, just in the quiet of this room, that they would just pray this prayer right now. God, I want to be in relationship with you. I give myself to you. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you know all things. You hold authority over all things. And so I'm going to trust that you know how it's going to work, and I'm just going to submit to you. I'm just going to submit to you. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this day where we celebrate your power and your resurrection, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody in here says, Amen. Amen. Amen.